Hi everyone, I'm David Green. Welcome to the second episode of Series 2 of the Digital HR Leaders Podcast. The focus on HR continues to intensify, and with it does the importance of the role of the Chief Human Resources Officer. The CHRO role becomes even more critical in a hyper-growth company where balancing culture and talent with the use of technology and data can prove the difference between success and failure. But what does the role of CHRO actually entail? And how has it evolved in our digital world? That's the topic for this week's episode, where my guest is Katerina Berg, Chief Human Resources Officer at Spotify. In our podcast, Katerina and I discuss the key responsibilities of the CHRO and the unique challenges involved in leading HR in a hypergrowth company. We talk about the importance of developing and evolving the right culture to support business growth. We talk about Spotify's approach to using people data and how this has helped drive business outcomes and employee experience. And then finally, we also look into the crystal ball and ponder what the role of HR will be in 2025. This episode is a must listen for current and aspiring HR leaders eager to develop a winning culture and harness digital analytics. Before we get started, a brief word from our sponsor for Series 2 of the Digital HR Leaders Podcast. Support for this podcast is brought to you by ClickIQ. ClickIQ is an automated job advertising platform that uses the latest artificial intelligence and programmatic technology to manage, track, and optimize the performance of your recruitment advertising in real time. Spend is focused where it's needed most to reach both active and passive job seekers across Indeed, Google, Facebook, and extensive network of job boards. To find out more about ClickIQ, please visit clickiq.co.uk. Welcome to the Digital HR Leader Show, Katerina. It's great to have you as a guest. Can you give our listeners a, a bit of an introduction to yourself, and your background and your role at Spotify? So my role is CHRO, uh, which is I'm heading up the global HR team. But I also actually head up strategy ops. I head up GVS, which is global workplace services. And I also have brand and creative. So uh, it's, a, it's a quite wide uh, role, but everything ties into actually people. All into people, which is quite forward thinking for most organisations to have a CHRO and then heads of all the various other things that you've mentioned. I think so, but it's it's not the first role that kind of looks like that. It has more or less followed me right through my career, but I also have, like everybody else, like close conversations with our CEO, and I think it is actually exactly the way that Daniel envisions it. Uh, and also the way that we are running the company. So um, a couple of the CXOs have a bit more of multitasking uh, in a different way, I think. And you've been with Spotify for quite a while. How big was Spotify when you joined and, and how big is it now? I think, uh, I might be lying now, I think it was uh, a bit more than 850 people. But we are a bit more than 4,000 now, so fairly a bit amount of growth. Uh, and we've been in hyper growth now for for six years and I think we foresee that that will uh, keep being the, the case for at least four more years. So taking a step back, you know, what is involved in being a CHRO? You know, give, give, give our listeners a guide to what's involved, how the role has evolved um, and what are the key responsibilities? When I joined the, the field of, of HR or even you know personnel or whatever it was called back then, I think it was a lot about knowing the labor law, and it still is, right? If you don't understand where you're operating, 
in different parts of, of the world and, and what the rules and regulations I think it, you, you come across as a bit short so it's still labor law so there I don't see a big difference even if that has changed in the world too. Uh, I think most people actually go into this type of field or occupation because they are interested in people but but we all know, especially the people that do work within HR, that you are the employer's right mm. uh, a toolbox and, and, and do that to actually build out the business. That is what you do first and foremost. I think that the biggest change uh, over uh, the 20 years plus that I've been into this, uh, this uh, field of work is that um, it's, it's become much, much more strategic. It is much closer uh, than ever to the business. Uh, and and it has to do with you know uh, the 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 polarities of you know taking care of the individual, but when the individual grows uh, and the uh, and 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 doing well and and you know developing the company does that well, so you, it's not either or it's both and and I think that is the biggest change. It's it's very very seldom I think people um, at least where. Are, I am now and when I talk to other CHROs that people are mistaking the role or the the department or the unit to be only taking care of you know listening to how people are doing and you know taking care of conflicts or making sure that everybody is on the same page in a very kind of hey consensus type of way. So to turn it back to your role at Spotify you yeah. mentioned obviously the company is going through hyper growth and is likely to continue to do so mm -hmm. moving forward. Mm -hmm. What are some of these challenges this gives you in your role in your extended role mm -hmm. and also the HR team itself? I think when you talk to people that work really and lean into employee branding, um, most of the time when we say that we get more than 26,000 applications a month, people go like, oh, that is great, good for you. I think everybody that actually do work with uh, talent acquisition or HR widely do understand that that is a bit like a head scratch. Mm. 20 six applications. If you want to read all of them, take them very serious, and you do, because you don't want to miss out on talent, right? And you want to match that role with that personality and, 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 and that talent. That gives you uh, a bit of a challenge. Uh, the other thing is that we are trying to recruit and have been the last six years, as I said, between 100 and 150 people a month. So you also have to have a good plan on how to onboard. Uh, all these people in a smart way so you don't lose focus um, uh, so I would say that the need for speed and the power of focus is two areas uh, and then having a couple of but very few golden processes how that works and how you attract the right people rather than all the people right now the brand or the employer brand might be very strong and very sexy that can change in a heartbeat right so how do you keep uh, connecting with with the, all the talent in all the pockets uh, around the world, and how do you, with that speed, make sure and uh, that you also um, have a diverse hire? And obviously, you have a very strong consumer brand as well. We do, uh, and and here I think again it helps people to be attracted by. Hey, I could most likely see myself work there. But sometimes you put everything that you. Uh, perceive being part of that consumer brand into what that would be as an employer too. So for us it's very important that our communication is very true, very relevant, very authentic to what it would be to actually work 
and try to manage expectations rather than sell a job, a role, a company or a culture or a journey that we are on. Which kind of leads on to the next question, which is around culture. Mm -hmm. So how do you maintain and and evolve culture within in an environment which is experiencing rapid growth like Spotify? Obviously, if you put it bluntly, I think there are two schools. Obviously, there are more schools, but there's one school is, hey, you only get the culture that you get and you don't have to work or fuss with it. Uh, we don't really belong in that school. Uh, we we do uh, be, we do understand that it's a it's a couple of norms and a couple of behaviors, and uh, and we dare to be you know we dare to be value driven, and that is important to us. So culture evolves, and uh, all the people that are in the company um, are the culture, and the culture is actually the the the, the people that work uh, with us. So I'm fortunate in that way, and I think the whole company is that we have a CEO that doesn't believe in, you know, now when we have a strong or good or even a great culture, let's cling on to that. He understands, and I think the whole company understands that it will evolve, it will change. But there are a couple of things that are us, that is part of our DNA, like being innovative and maybe even being a bit disruptive and and, and dare to try new things and and try uh, uh, try to stay passionate, curious, and and you know um, um, learn faster than the the world is changing. Those things are core to us, but that doesn't only define what a culture is. So what's what's has been important from the from the get go is actually to involve everybody, to give every employee, every band member a voice of. What is important for you to have fun? What is important for you to grow or, or develop? What is important for you to do your best work? But is, what is also important for you to, to come and be able to be the best version of yourself? And that kind of um, boiled down through a very open and very transparent kind of, of passion tour where we collected the values and then decided oh, these are the, the five values that we, we cherish, the five that we keep ourselves responsible to, these are the five that we want to see. Um, and then it's one of those, you know, hit for hit and remind, both when we have intradays, when we have everybody come to Stockholm for almost a full week, uh, so the new ones also have a chance to kind of uh, get vaccinated by them, but also pressure test them and tell us if they still hold true and if they are the right ones. But also that we measure and, and it's not just on are you aware of them, but do you live by them? Yeah. And interesting enough also, do you think that other people um, live by them and, and are they helpful when you take decisions? So it's an ongoing kind of, of work uh, where... We don't cling on. I think that is an important thing. I've seen so many other companies go, now it's such a great, great place and also it's a soft spot, so let's cling. And then, then you grow and then people are like, I don't really um, feel that I was part of that or that that is right. Or So I think um, it might sound like semantics and, and a lot of things might do with us, but um, involving everybody, and the other thing is not talking about a strong culture, but talking about the right culture is yeah. important to us. So strong vision from the top, from the CEO, mm-hmm. you know, a, a feeling of inclusion that everyone's kind of involved in helping develop and evolve the culture. Right. And how do you, how do you measure success? Yeah. That, that, that age-old problem. Yeah, <laughs> that old, old uh, problem. I think there are a couple of things. One, I, I don't think you should be scared of saying that when you walk around and you do that walk uh, and not just the talk, 
that could be a measurement. The other thing is that we do a yearly, which is not really us because we yearly, if you are in a fast moving landscape, competition is fierce and also moving very, very fast. And, and if you actually have a leading position when it comes to stream music in the way that, um, uh, that you sometimes develop things that are mm. not already there, to do it yearly is not enough. But there we have a measurement. Um, that actually says, you know, is it very clear what direction? Is it very clear where we're going? Uh, what the values are? Uh, do you live by them? Uh, do you find them useful? And also, do you think that other people, individuals and teams? So that would be one of the measurement. But then I think when it comes down to business results, that is where we see the real. Uh, and also, if people find it to be easy or hard to navigate, if they mm. find it to be... Uh, easy or hard to come up from the starting blocks and start to hit the hurdles uh, because it is a quite complex company with at least two business models um, uh, and the pace is not making it easier so this is very very important so there's a couple of different measurements so moving from measuring culture let's move on to people analytics which as you know is one of my favorite pet projects um, you know, the HR function really is being, uh, it's, it's having to change and it's mm -hmm. being asked to change and, and be a bit more uh, data-driven right. um, and a bit more business-focused. Yes. What do you see the role of people analytics in helping HR achieve that? I think it has a very central role going forward. Uh, uh, so in one way, I find it always uh, to be quite interesting that HR always been very kind of trend-sensitive. So when there is a buzz of a word or a sensation or a trend, like everybody follows with the sense of the train is leaving the platform and, oh my God, we are still on the platform. Yeah. So for instance, KPIs and analytics or statistics has always been a strong point for HR. I think we collected and collected and collected. What I think is new, but not for all, and that would be insensitive to say, but is that actually to put those data sets together and take informed decisions or guide the organization when it comes to wider things than just people specific. Yeah. Um, so a bit more HR or workplace or people analytics, like insights and conclusions and analytics rather than uh, HR statistics. So I think, you know, it's, it's not starting from scratch and it's not like trying to figure out what... Um, metrics or what um, uh, what data we need to collect. I think it's more how do we use it in a smart way. Then I think the second thing to uh, think about is do we then look for more uh, people with analytical skills to join HR uh, or do we find more HR people with that analytical skills? And I think you, you, you can mix that obviously and it's mm. not necessarily one one way is better, but I think that is a good thing to start to think about in a role like mine. How do you want to build that team? I think the third step for us was more about, hey, um, let's not go for Nirvana. Let's yeah. start to work with it. So instead of dreaming up the, the, the coolest or the most front-leaning, you know, digital data warehouse, uh, to go like, okay, so if we have the data, how do we put the data sets together? Who will actually work with this? And what is our voice? And what will we use it for? And as soon as we did that, 
um, the output and the outcome came quite fast in a way where we're like, okay, we always sat on this, which felt a bit stupid first, but I, I, I've been around for a long time now and I, I'm not really in the business anymore to build my CV. So it was like, just, you know, put the guard down and yeah. start to discuss it both internally, both also with the, with the, with the, with the lead team for the company of like, hey, I sit on all this information that my team does. Um, let's see if we can have more suggestion, more conclusion, and, and a bit more of variety of, you know, where we should go and what we should maybe not do more. Uh, that is also one of the reasons why we, we have our HR blog when it comes to all the areas that we do. Sometimes to just be open and transparent about what the things that we have been thinking or been doing that was not so smart with a couple of things that we are trying. So it's more about, you know, both open bets where we don't know where it's actually going to end up, some winning bets, but some losing bets too, because people don't, and and our colleagues doesn't really, they don't really have to do the same mistake. Uh, And, and uh, I think it's, it's, it's not that it's new mark or territory and it's not really greenfield. I think uh, you also have to connect to what type of business you are and what you aim aiming for with this data. But for sure, the short answer on your question, David, would be, yes, I think it is important. I think it will play a bigger role in the future than it has done. And I think you're right. I think, you know, you don't have to just hire loads of people with analytic skills into HR and you Mm. can't just transform HR people into analytics. It is, I think, a a happy marriage between the two. Right. Um, You know, which I think is probably why at least initially 95 or maybe even more percent of organisations that I know, they're HR analytics, people analytics, whatever they want to call it, mm. is, is in the HR, yep. with, housed in HR. Um, you know, and I know from speaking to some of your team over the years mm. that I think you focus a lot of your energies around things like recruitment, things like workforce planning, yep. things like, you know, lo- lo- location, uh, site location analysis as well. Yes. Because you're such a fast-growing company. And I think that, you know, from what you were saying, I think the key thing is to connect the work with the business challenges that the organization's facing, which sounds like that right. you're doing. Yeah, right. And, and and I think that is true too. And I think one of the things that was important too, it was to both pump the brake and accelerate at the same time. And and what do I mean with that? If you come from a company that is very, very uh, data informed, uh, everything that we do, for everything from, you know, um, ads, campaigns, or, you know, uh, the brand creative work, or obviously all the R&D work, it's very based uh, on data and then when you then jump into something that you think might be a new thing within Mm. HR it's easy to kind of follow that trade or that path for me it was important to do two things when we did like pumping the brake for a minute it was one for the reasons that you mentioned being where we are uh, for us it was a lot about or even only TA analytics. And people analytics are much wider and much bigger than that. Mm. And I think we got like drawn into that space because that is where we put a lot of focus. But if we don't look to the bigger, so it was a bit about zooming out rather than zooming in. So taking that time, even if it wasn't a lot of time. The second thing was not to do exactly what the rest of the company does because we do something else. So whilst a lot of parts of Spotify are talking even about being uh, data-driven, back to the semantics, uh, 
for me, it's more about being data informed. Uh, and I keep doing the, the, the story about the bikini and everybody goes like, oh, don't do it again. But I, I think <laughs> no, no, data, please do. <laughs> I, I think the data or analytics is actually like a bikini. It, it, it shows a lot, but it reveals the most important parts, right? And if you then let yourself being data-led or driven, I think it will take you sometimes to the wrong places. Uh, maybe for the right reasons, right? Um, um, but but by doing going back to, hey, a lot of us have been doing this job for a long time, and there is a lot of experience. Mm. And experience sometimes um, uh, have different words or different kind of, of labels, and, and intuition is one that I use. So experience and intuition combined with data uh, is most likely the, the things that I excites me the most instead of only listening to, hey, the data says and the data tells us. And, and especially if everybody has the same data, uh, then most people come to the same insights, no matter if it's external or internal, right? And then obviously their beliefs will be the same things. Um, but if you want to have some contrarian beliefs uh, and then some contrarian bats, what are we actually betting on? I think, you know, if you don't want to do the follow John, like, hey, everybody else is going here or everybody else has an office over here or we need to grow or this is the, the things that are our conclusions and what we're betting for. I think if you combine these two, this is where it gets really exciting. Mm. And, and this is why we talk a lot about and why I hammer into my team. Of, we, we're going to be data informed. And we need to be much better no matter what role, not just the people analytics team, the, the whole team needs to work with these data settings much smarter, but also in a nimble way, right? And not forget that if you put all everybody's experience intuition into it, sometimes the data points in one direction, but we will dare to go in a different direction. Uh, and this is where I think you can strike gold. And you mentioned your HR blog, which is mm. great that you publish that externally as well, so people can understand some of the things that are going on in Spotify. And you also mentioned the contrarian approach. Yeah. Your recent article, I think, was how you how we do people analytics. Mm -hmm. Um, but you had three steps. Mm -hmm. Can you just walk through the three steps for those who haven't read it yet? You really should. Uh, yeah. So the blog, I should I should maybe mention the blog came about because uh, which is a very great place to be. People are quite curious what we do in in. In, in all the different fields within HR. And there's like no way that we can uh, welcome everybody to come and visit us or do, you know, uh, panels or keynotes or fire chats. So we wanted to be open. We wanted to share. Mm. Uh, and as I said, only, and also the things that might not go so well for us. And uh, lately, we Arvid that is heading up the, the total compensation, but also the, the, the HR insights team. He's been writing a couple of blog posts, uh, and I've been writing, and to be very honest, uh, we've been writing them together, but some are more him and yeah. some are more me. And then we wanted to explain the three steps, and, and this everybody that reads it, uh, uh, including yourself, David, it's nothing smart, and it's nothing exceptional, and it's nothing new. It's just a way to calm people down, because when I meet other people in HR, they keep like, I need to go external and we need to have, you know, a lot of, of uh, consultants to help us out. And I don't know where to start and what are the tools and do I now have to buy a lot of, 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 of new, you know, um, uh, support in form of, you know, tools or toolboxes. So it's more describing how we get from point A 
to see uh, and also how that guides us. So it's quite fairly simple and I would say not unique in any way. Um, but but I think anybody that reads that and, 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 and follow those steps will come to the very eye-opening um, aha experience that, that we did. Uh, like, okay, we sit with all this, we're going to use it in a different way. Uh, we're going to connect the dots because it's more about that. What I, I saw when we started, uh, which is also uh, what's described there in the three steps, is actually a key of locks, right? And the key of locks is one word in Swedish. It's a different way a word in English. And and my whole team was struggling with, what do you mean with the key of locks? It's like actually locks and keys. But I grew up on the seven seas. So uh, to actually then move your vessel through water um, in a smart way where you open the flood and you close the gates yeah. and then use that in a smart way, I think that is what we're trying to describe in the blog. Well, it's very good. You're yeah. being very modest about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and in terms of an example, have you got an example of a, of a project where you've used people data or insights from, from analytics that, to help either solve a business challenge yeah. at Spotify or maybe help to improve employee experience or maybe both? Yeah, so for instance, uh, there, there, there are a couple of things that we see with the data uh, when it comes to leadership and also combined with when people feel less stress or more stress and also where they find direction. Uh, and also if they live in a bit of uncertainty, which is a stressful place to be by itself. So for instance, what we saw, uh, not quite early on, but when we started to work with this in a different way was all the managers that have or contact one-on-ones mm -hmm. on a weekly or bi-weekly, uh, uh, all the employees that has managers or um, do that together with their manager um, have less stress. Uh, have more clarity, uh, feel much more uh, satisfied with their work um, and feel that they can impact more. So things like that, uh, that when I say it, I feel a bit embarrassed because it sounds so easy and it was in front of us all the time. But as soon as we say this to managers and employees, because we truly believe in self-leadership, People go like, hmm, maybe I should start to have those one-on-ones instead of having like uh, very time-consuming, even formula-driven kind of big meetings where everything is structured, rather than do check-ins. And and we and I think most of the managers also at Spotify use walks and talks. Uh, there's so few meetings where you do the check-in and and you do uh, iterations or you do like mentoring or support or just coaching or pushing back or challenging. Uh, a couple of decisions or ways of working, you don't have to sit down and you don't have to take notes. So just by having those, uh, very few things comes as surprises and changes or iterations are not big things yeah. where you go, oh, I feel a bit insecure, what does this actually mean? It most likely comes from the employee themselves, right? Um, so that is one very simple example. Uh, the, the bigger one that actually has a lot of, of to do with the business decisions and uh, and money is where to grow, right? Mm. So the data gives us, um, you know, relationship with uh, universities and high schools, uh, what attrition looks like in those pockets of the world, um, uh, tenure, um, labor law, total comp costs, uh, if there is something that is called total comp, uh, which is uh, fairly debated and for, for good reasons too. 
um, but also where we lose and where talent goes and yeah. where we poach and, and where they come from. So when you put all that together, um, um, it actually gives you, or, or at least it gives us a very good advice on where to grow and where to put our next office, no matter if it's a it's a more of a content office or if it's more of an R&D office yeah. or if it's a mixed office. All other and even competition has the same data. Uh, uh, and I think this is, is, is been very good um, both for you know board material but also for the lead team um, but also for the managers that are heading up uh, big chunks of, of departments where we sometimes find it to be uh, tough uh, to find talent uh, in, in that kind of pace but also to those big numbers that we are, are facing all the time. Sometimes it actually some obvious insights mm -hmm. can actually help cement some HR programs that are there for a reason and actually help affect behavioural change, which it sounds like it's doing with the walks and talks and stuff. It is. And, and the cool part is when as soon as we got the dashboard and the way that we work now, uh, it wasn't the analytics team that put the, the, the docs or, or, or to connect the dots. Uh, it was actually Joanna Tingwell that is heading up the, the greenhouse, which is our L&D team. It's like looking into the data uh, pressure testing it from a couple of different you know uh, uh, dire directions and then just like came back to the HRE team and said like this is our findings and we all uh, got like really excited about it and, and saw what we could do and then of course an HRB piece that sits in all the different uh, uh, lead teams could go back and work with this at the same time obviously the greenhouse could work with what does this mean when mm. it comes to designing new leadership trainings or or you know just check in or or, or you know refresh. Um, so I think this is what we have seen in in all the areas where uh, the the head of TA or the greenhouse or comp and ban, but also the HRS team together with the HRBP team, they find things. Uh, and and what's even more so exciting, the PX team, which is the people experience team that does everything from the sports club to you know the office sessions and, and the things that we do for. All of a sudden, we have people that might not think that they are so interested in analytics going like, I'm crazy about this, right? So you get that engagement and you're even close to passionate about it, which we didn't uh, find when it was all about TA yeah. analytics, right? So yeah. you have to widen the scope. So Catherine, we both spoke at a LinkedIn event in Paris, I think it was nearly a year ago now, in yeah, June, I yeah. think. And you spoke about the digital transformation that you've been ongoing at, at Spotify. Very impressive story, and I know it went down very well. Um, but the, for those that weren't there, mm -hmm. you know, and, and maybe a year on, you know, what are some of the key milestones along that journey that you've taken? So there's like two parts of that story. One, what the company has done and what the HR team has mirrored yeah. more or less. Yeah. And I think, um, uh, first of all, being a bit of disruptors going into this field, putting music uh, and changing the way uh, of the behavior of the listener uh, with stream when most people actually still uh, were either spending the time with piracy, right? Yeah. Uh, or um, buying CDs, uh, ripping those CDs off. Um, and then back then, uh, obviously Daniel Martin had an idea how that could change and that also 
uh, most people actually would like to pay for 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 the music uh, that they would listen to if it only was easy enough. Yeah. And I think the 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 threshold or the easy is is making you know uh, easy easy simple again has been one of those red threads. The other thing is. Uh, a lot of people come uh, or ask, or even on stage, I think I said, you know, um, uh, people are struggling with dig di digitalization, hard time to say that in English, yeah. and also digitalization, yeah. which is two different things, actually. But for us, we've never been analog. So when they ask me to talk about that journey and that transformation, it's very hard for me to do yeah. because we're kind of cheating here, right? We, we started digital uh, from the beginning. That doesn't mean that you don't have to keep up with the pace and you don't have to learn. We do all the time and, 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 and you have to be on your toes and, and, and really you know, flex your calves to be in that position that you would like to be. But I think that journey that the, the company has done has helped the HR transformation to be a bit digital too. Do I think that we are where we should be? No, I don't think so. And I think it's important to be open internally as well as externally. Yeah. Uh, do I think that we have uh, been forward-leaning and, and, and done things very smart when it comes to AI, when it comes to uh, also augmented reality, when it comes to learning uh, and, and going into the tech space and automize a lot of things uh, as quick that we could or should? No, I don't think so. Do I think that we have started on that journey now? Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, is there a bit resistance? Yes, I think within myself and within the team there is some, you know, change averseness uh, too. But I think uh, we keep ourselves uh, accountable. But I think one of the things that has been important for us, where it might be a lot of technique discussions and even people being a bit afraid, and there's a resistance. I think overall, not just necessarily in our company or within my team. I think the ethical aspect is very, very interesting, right? So uh, no matter if you teach a robot or you look into what that this could mean actually within recruitment or, you know, if you want to... Um, uh, I think the last um, uh, blog post was also about having robots actually do our contracts because it will take away the time-consuming, very repetitive kind of work uh, it will not take away the things that um, uh, the human touch, uh, the emotions, um, and uh, and connecting some of the uh, the dots from uh, what it actually means to be a, a human being together with technology. Yeah. Because they are getting much more smarter and much more sensitive, and they are uh, actually. Um, reflecting and mirroring the way that we act, the way we talk, the way that we behave in the room. So I think um, uh, I would like to see more happening there. So I think spending time discussing it with your team, what it could actually mean, and then where there is a tool that really works, you just put it in there because then you could have, like for instance, I have a super skilled HR specialist team but they sit with a lot of things that are just like admin yeah. heavy, repetitive, and they for sure didn't go to university to do that. And all their experience and they're so skilled and their traits are not to do that. It gives them time to do the things that they only can do, right? 
Um, so I think I'm, uh, the team and I, we welcome this development. Uh, we look forward to see a lot of things, but it's very early days. Yeah, and and a lot of the things that are out on the market is actually slowing us down yeah. and are not as good as sometimes uh, this discussion or paper and pencil or even computer. You know, big thing about digital transformation is around mindset, mm. and at least in many respects, because Spotify is a digital company, it's mm -hmm. kind of got that already. Mm. Um, as interesting about ethics, because every CHRO or, or head of people analytics, particular people head of people analytics I speak to, mentions ethics because mm. it is a challenge because mm. things are changing so fast, and you know what we can do isn't necessarily what we should do or we're able to do now. Um, so yeah, it is, an, it is a really interesting debate, which I suspect will continue having over the coming years. Now you mentioned technology. Mm -hmm. um, I know we've spoken before about the HR technology yeah. um, field, and obviously it's a it's an area which is attracting a lot of investment at the moment, and a lot of disruption, a lot of new players coming mm -hmm. in. I'd be interested to understand what excites you about the HR technology right. market and what frustrates you about it. Yeah, first of all. Um, it might be provocative, and, and um, <laughs> we don't mind provocative. Okay, <laughs> so what I see being labeled as HR tech right now is actually HR systems, and and it's not fair, but but ninety two percent is, and HR systems are necessary and 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 they are good, but but they used to be called like PA systems or something like that. Now, if you go to any of these big shows or events, there will be an expo, right? And there will be expo for, for a good reason. Um, what's never been said and never been told and never been acknowledged by CHROs or HR departments, but for all these developers is we have a big budget, right? There's a lot of money within mm. HR. Um, and for the first time, with all these startups and with all these uh, digital um, possibilities, the market has understood this earlier than I think the people with the, the with the wallet, people like myself, right? Uh, and there is a reason why it usually is like two thousand different. Hey, look at this, and you can do this, and people experience and 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 employee experience, and you can measure engagement and. Uh, you want to track this and you want to do that and all that. Most of it doesn't look good. But what it excites me is this. I have now uh, had the opportunity and also uh, to try out a couple of things that I actually think is HR tech. And then you see, even if it's not there and even if it's not like working exactly the way, so you either co-develop with some of them uh, or you uh, give them and your team their time, uh, our time to try out a couple of things and then they go back and iterate. Uh, and I think uh, a couple of things that I saw when I was in Singapore uh, and the team and I tried out when it comes to training and uh, team development and team building really excited me. Hey, you go in and it's so real yeah. that it doesn't feel like it's a game anymore. It doesn't feel like um, you, you're playing. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, but it's, it's fun, but it's also uh, close to scary how good uh, it looks like now. And I think that will save time because you don't have to have classroom training. 
it doesn't have to be when everybody else can do it you can actually just you know check in and do that so I'm, I, I am excited and I see a couple of things but I would love us to put like hey a spade is a spade right so if it's HR system it's HR systems and they need it and some are good and some are bad but let's you know that label and then when it's HR tech I think it is HR tech I mean mm. you know my kids use Spotify yeah really easy to use it's mm. intuitive it's personalized and that's what our hr technology needs to be like as well True. really yes um and i think you mentioned some of the engagement employee experience platforms i'm seeing a real shift in the last mm -hmm. year now where they're really actually actually trying to inform those behavioral nudges i think the technology is getting there to do that now so it'd be interesting over the next couple of uh, years as these things develop now that leads on to the question that we always ask yeah. all of our guests on the show where, where do you think hr will be in 2025 most likely irritate a lot of people, maybe not in the HR field, uh, but I think uh, a lot of CFOs and maybe CTOs, but I think HR or CHROs uh, will actually be CEOs in the future. I think it's so close to the business right now, and, and, uh, and I think it's all about building up the business. Um, you can talk about culture, culture, culture. It's always going to be that. It's, you're going to talk about people, people, people. Yes, that is within our field. But most other things are a commodity. Mm. Um, the processes, the products, you might have a time span, right? You might have a monopoly or you would have like a, a momentum where you come up with something. Then you will have the rest of the bunch ca catching up with you more or less, right? Uh, and you can have that first mover advantage for sure. But, but but it will come down to, and even more so, and I think the pendulum is right now like, hey, we're going to work in all these remote spaces and there's going to be co-working spaces, it's going to be collab. I think the pendulum goes back like, hey, it's going to even be more like an office because, because everything is moving so fast, everything is changing. We need that as human beings. Like, this is where my flock is. This is what mm. we do together. This is how we build. So by having those... Uh, traits of how do you make people not work harder but smarter how do you uh, uh, actually create a team uh, what is leadership skills today and tomorrow yeah. uh, what does success looks like uh, uh, and how do you build out uh, a really successful team by not going hey let's go ivy league and put these two we have seen that no matter if you go into sports or you go into companies it's something else and I think that will be a trait that we will see more and more CEOs or, or the people leading the company. So I think it's going to be even more strategic. I think it's going to move into that space. I'm not sure if there is a lot of CHROs that wants to have that space, but I think they will be, if they're not today, uh, the right hand uh, mm -hmm. for their CEO, I think they will. So I think it's going to be more of what we have seen the last two years to 2025. Um, and it's going to be even more um, uh, important for the business development and the growth of individuals, but also the, the, the business itself. Fascinating. Well, Katarina, thank you very much for being a guest on the Digital HR Leaders Show. It's been great to have you. Thanks how, for having me. How can listeners stay in touch with you and connect with you on social media or follow your blog? On, on so you can follow the HR blog, and it's not my blog, it's the HR team. So yeah. um, do that if you're interested in what we're doing. And uh, um, You could also follow uh, the hashtag Life at Spotify. Uh, then you will see what's happening both on Twitter but also Instagram. 
if anybody for any reason would like to follow me, I have a very strange name both on Twitter. Uh, 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 um, I have my own name on in, in on LinkedIn, but but when it comes to Twitter, it's Daigo Sweden. Uh, and Daigo is the, the, the area in Japan um, oh. because my mom is from Japan. My father is Swedish. Um, so uh, that for the, the pigeon English too. Uh, so Daigo Sweden uh, is, is, is my Twitter handle. Um, so I think that is the easiest way to follow. Perfect. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Digital HR Leaders Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. You can subscribe via iTunes or your podcast app of choice. If you did enjoy listening, please do rate the show on iTunes and share it with your friends and colleagues via social media. We rely on your feedback and support to keep being able to make this podcast. If you haven't already, do check out myhrfuture.com for the latest news on the future of HR. And you can also subscribe to my weekly newsletter there too. That's all for this week, but please make sure you tune in next week when we'll be speaking to Richard Collins, co-founder at ClickIQ, on how artificial intelligence and automation is disrupting recruiting. Don't miss that one. See you next time.